Welcome everyone to That Kind of Nerds Podcast, a weekly show where we break down what's going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined of course by Joshua Burns and Brian Thornton. Welcome to... I do, I want to thank you. I wanted some kind of reaction. I was very displeased. Um, <laughs> uh, this episode is brought to you by the wonderful people of Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box stuffed to the gills with geek and gamer gear. It's all licensed stuff from Marvel, DC. The, the month of May, there was Dragon Ball Z paraphernalia in it. Uh, it's amazing. It's you have Dragon Balls. <laughs> You have until the 19th of every month to subscribe to that month's crate, and then, boom, it is gone forever. You can never get it again. So we want to pass on some savings to you, the listener, on some loot crate. So go to thatkindofnerd.com slash loot. That's L-O-O-T. And you can go ahead and pick up your own monthly box. I know Josh and Brian are super excited to get theirs. Uh, and I'm we're getting my Monday. Tuesday. Monday. Tuesday. If you, if, you, if you in any way spoil this month for me, uh, I will I, kill you until you die from it. <laughs> okay, I, I promise I won't post any pictures. I get mine the day before yours. So, and go. I'm gonna get and I and I subscribe for one month. If you guys remember to Loot Crate DX, which is the upgraded crate, just to see what it's got and decide if I want to roll more like a baller and upgrade to that altogether. So that should be here also before we record next week's podcast, CJ. So please go to thatkindofnerd.com slash loot, L-O-O-T. Don't spell loot like the musical instrument. That's not going to do you anything. Go to loot and pick up your own box and get some coupons. This is like Christmas every month. Truly I, is the I best know kind of Christmas. I know it's ridiculous to say that, but like I get so giddy for what's coming, and I can't go into the basement and look for the gift and then open it and see it and then rewrap it. I can't spoil it for myself. Brian is the only one that can spoil it. <laughs> and if he does, I will kill him until he dies from it. You know what I'm getting about uh, besides the loot crate talking about civil war. So this is the spoiler cast. This is your moment. Turn off. If you haven't seen captain America, civil war. Okay. Well, well wait before you turn off. I need you to seriously reevaluate your priorities. Because if you haven't seen this movie yet, obviously your shit's not in order. You need to <laughs> get, get your, your house in out. order. Get sir. your life in order. And then now you can turn off. You have my blessing to turn off. And now you have my permission, Brian, to die. <laughs> oh, wait, real quick. Did you hear Bane in the last episode? We were curious how the, uh, the Bane off went. I do you want my honest opinion? Uh, I wouldn't ask unless I did. I think I I think you guys need some work. <laughs> Jeff is Jeff is Jeff's, so Jeff has the voice down well, but he doesn't have the tonal inflections and the the really the the persona that that you You, have. you mean these tonal inflections, Joshua? You thought you were rid of me. <laughs> I I hope at some point we get to see you both masturbating together. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. We will Maybe. masturbate many times, I'm no, sure. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 Bane. No. Master Bane. Master, Master Bane. Bane. Oh, Master Bane. Yes, yes. Well, there's only one Master Bane. That is me. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so let me share with you my Captain America Civil War experience. Because it was magical. And you know why it was magical? I saw my buddy Brian over here. Yes, yes, he, he did. He sat next to me. Uh, I got to 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 hold him in moments of uh, just sure glee. There was no holding. 
There there was was, no, I grabbed your arm when, when you you grabbed my arm. There was no return of the embrace. I'm just letting the ladies know because I did not return the embrace. I'm still available <laughs> for iPads and breakfast. Indeed. In an order that would surprise you. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about first impressions. What did you guys think about the movie? Let's start with Josh. What did you think about the movie, man? Uh, <laughs> I took Christian on opening weekend. We reserved seats at the AMC Tillman. It was fantastic. Full theater. Babies crying. It was an awful experience. But the movie was the best Marvel movie I've seen. I I, I said it would be. I think that when this is all over, this may be the best of them all. Um, so first impressions, high level. I don't normally, and I've said this before, I don't normally go to the movie and, and worry about um, – little things and how, you know, I just want to worry about how it makes me feel. Right. So I want to be in, in the moment, in the experience and not worry about continuity or coffee cups or anything. So I, at several points throughout this movie was incredibly angry. I, the the movie evoked an emotional response from me that was borderline irrational. Uh, at, at, at one point in the movie, I turned to my eight-year-old son and said, and I said, I hope he kills them both right now. I hope they both die. So, I mean, I was very, very engrossed in this movie. It was, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. The movie was fantastic. Uh, Brian, I, I, you saw this with Papa Thornton too, right? I, I, did. This with- I did. I was down Can in Can I hear his reaction to this movie? Um, I'm sure he'll give it to you. I'm sure he'll give you firsthand and call in and uh, let us know. I know while I was talking to him that and, and I'm so glad you asked for my reaction. And, and I care about and, Papa Thornton more than we you know we're going to get. We know we're going to get yours. Papa Thornton loved it. Uh, Papa Thornton was extremely pleased. And uh, as the fan that he is, he's actually a huge fan of Captain America in general. He was extremely happy with the movie in general, the way they, they developed the story. He was very impressed and he immediately was like, because my mom didn't get to come see the movie with us the day I took him. He was like, I'm taking your mom to see it like tomorrow. Like, great, you should. So uh, he was extremely pleased by it. Um, Can I go into my reactions now? Yes. You can, can, but not before I say that's the dad I want to be in 20 years. I want to be that dad. You. My I'm just saying. Amazing. I'm just saying. That's the dad I want to be, Brian. You are lucky. Very I'm lucky. I know. I am extremely lucky. And very, very happy to uh, have the father that I do, who still wants to go see Captain America movies with me. Um, I saw it. I made sure to see it opening day, first available showing that I possibly could, and I was absolutely floored. Um, it was exceeded every single one of my expectations, and I went into this movie thinking it was going to be amazing. And it even exceeded that. It definitely, most definitely, is my favorite Marvel movie out of all 13 that are now out. This will be the 13th one. And for many reasons that I'm sure we will go into detail uh, over. But I just thought the story was compelling. And it was very immersive. It was two and a half hours. And I got to the end of it. And I'm like, I... I could take another hour and a half or more of this. I, I could watch a whole nother movie. Um, it didn't feel like that two and a half hours at all. It didn't drag no. at all. Um, and just just the sheer joy of s- seeing certain scenes and seeing certain characters 
play out in front of the screen was just amazing for me as as a fan and i was just overwhelmed and i was right when i said that this movie is going to be very dividing and people walking out of the theater were going to be debating mm-hmm. who was right because i'm still having debates with people oh are you team iron man or team cap there well, were nearly fisticuffs i nearly got in a fight i i actually just came back from a trip to florida i was uh, in a line for the spider-man ride and the guy who was handing out the 3d glasses my sister-in-law was wearing a captain america shirt he goes yeah you don't get any and she's <laughs> like why she's like what she's like no, Team Iron Man over here, man. You can't, you, you can't go on the ride. She's like, um, I don't think you can do that, but okay. <laughs> so, so it's it was very polarizing into who you supported and how you interpreted that story, who was in the right, who was in the wrong, and I loved every minute of it. And yep. I will still, I'll probably go see it another time. I need, to, I need to see it at least twice more in the theater. I was just floored. This movie was phenomenal. Uh, it was everything I wanted it to be. It had some things in there I didn't know that we could do in a Marvel movie, which I, I loved. Um, I loved every character, every story. I mean, I, seriously, there's not a whole much I could pick apart for it. There are a few things, but I mean, overall, I mean, such a great piece of, of storytelling. And then that that airplane, the, the airport scene, just everything about that is what you want out of a Marvel movie and is phenomenal. And and Brian can can really attest to this. When they finally revealed Spider-Man and Brooklyn splashes up on the screen. Queens, and, uh, asshole. Queens, Queens, sorry. Because Captain America's Brooklyn, I was getting ahead of myself. Damn it. Uh, it says Queens and left hand free starts playing. I grab his arms like a falcon about to take a prey off of the ground. And I, I don't know if I ever let go. And then um, just the, everything about that scene was just like what I wanted. I still have the claw marks. Um, <laughs> it was so, so, so good. So. Where do we want to start with this? Where do we take this apart? Brian, where do you think the most discussion comes out of from this movie? I mean, I, I think we should start with the just the overarching themes. We can get into the nitty gritty of the characters in a, in a little bit. I would think let's start with the main story. I mean, the, the, that's the crux of it. The 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 registration act and, you know, kind of the, the two sides that everybody is forced to take. I feel like it was done extremely well Um, and using Sokovia as kind of the backdrop of, listen, you need to be kept in check and seeing the Avengers in general just kind of be split down the middle. That first scene where they're just talking about, do we sign? Do we don't sign? Like, how do we how do we continue moving forward? The debate that they're having is actually a great scene and doesn't have a single punch thrown in it. Um, But. This story, it, it's so, it's so, there's so many overlapping storylines because you have the registration storyline. And then a little bit into that, you have the Bucky storyline and, and Cap choosing Bucky over pretty much everything else. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't just, <clears throat> so the thing that I liked is that they didn't make it about the registration act. It wasn't, it wasn't a registration act. It was essentially, all of the enhanced people will now be employees of the government. And right. It, and, and it wasn't about revealing that you're that you're superpower, right. right? It was about, you know, you you know, using it 
the way the government sees fit, being called in the way the government sees fit. So it it, it took uh, it, essentially what they did was they said, you know what, we've got this, we've got a universe that is really as far as power goes upside down, right? In the comic books, Iron Man doesn't have this amount of power. Mm-hmm. So the storyline is already wrong. It can't be about registration, right? And and in the book, you know, pretty quickly you see Peter Parker revealing himself on screen and that's about, you know, in the book, you know, he did it at a press conference on screen. So right. it's about registration. This is not about that. So I think that they do a good job of distancing themselves from the story in the comic so that they can tell Marvel Universe, Cinematic Universe can tell their story. So that much I liked. And then you're going to get into. Yeah. Well, and well, I'm sorry if I can real quick. What did you guys actually think about the the recovery papers? Is this something that they should have signed? Do you think that they need to be, you know, a a government entity to, to operate? And here's what's so great about this, because you, you want – I mean the big debate is are you Team Cap? Are you Team Iron Man? I think because of the intensity of the story and the overlapping things that happen, as far as the Sokovia Accords go, I sided with Cap. Just like with the whole idea of – he says it in, in that room, in that debate. He says, what if we want to go somewhere and they don't let us? Or what if we don't belong somewhere and they make us go there? People have agendas, and as long as we're answering to people, other people, we can't really truly be doing what's right. So in the book, when it when it's about registration or anti-registration, it's it's really easy to take sides, like super easy to take mm-hmm. sides. When it becomes the Sokovia Accords, it, it's – I don't want to say they're insignificant, but in the grander Marvel Universe, cinematic universe story – the Sokovia Accords are insignificant because mm-hmm. Cap is saying, you know, I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. And Tony's saying we need to be accountable. But these accords, they're not even – They're call not them accountability. A, I'm not even – I'm not even calling them a backdrop. They're, 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 they're almost negligible because the story isn't about the accord. The disagreement right. isn't about the accord. It's, you know, what I, what I talked about. Uh, you know, many months ago when we when we first started discussing this movie, it's about Bucky. Cap chooses Bucky. Cap chooses to essentially not not just defend, but to himself be an outlaw. And the book was never about that. Like it, it, it ended up going that way, but not. It was because of something bigger. This wasn't about the Sokovia Accords. This was about Bucky. I I, th- I think you you. Gotta, I don't think you can say the Sokovia Accords are insignificant because the only reason Cap does what he does in essentially choosing Bucky and becoming an outlaw is because of what the Sokovia – the position the Sokovia Accords puts him in. Uh, they, well, well the, the Josh, it only puts they, him in that position because of Carter's daughter eulogizing her the way she did and saying when you believe in something, you plant your feet and you don't move. Right, which is a great line and that's actually a line Captain America says in the book. But yes, yes, it is. And it's an amazing moment between him and Spider-Man in the book. And I like that they use this to kind of cement Cap's decision to not sign the Accords and to defend Bucky. But you got to remember but that they're, 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 those two things are mutually exclusive. His 
his initial disagreement with the accord was a small disagreement but when he when he decided to dive in really when he made the decision to to move in that direction was at the funeral and because of that now we have civil war it wouldn't have been it would have been just some back and forth arguing and some some pot shots and shit like that if it were just about the Sokovia accords yeah, this quickly would have turned into a political you know, right. hearing and, and have it yes. just been about the accords. And, and I would because, like to motion that we strike paragraph so, three from this. Amendment. So, Brian, what I was saying was I really liked that they, they made the story completely different from the book, but they kept the essence. And in the book, the the debate wasn't political. It was very much life or death. That's how everybody saw it. And they tied it. The Sokovia Accords weren't going to be that, but Bucky – was so so let's talk about buck so cap cap leaving the team to to go rogue which i i mean it's captain america fighting germans again at one point it was it was right. I, I chuckled to myself go ahead well he again the 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 two issues are, are mutually exclusive though i feel like that funeral scene all that happens before the stuff with bucky goes down before vienna is bombed um, I think it's it's pure happenstance, and I think that they even say it in a scene when he gets Bucky back. They say, well, we could go to Tony, but who knows if the Accords will let him help us, even if he did believe us. The Accords won't let us help help him. So I think the, the Accords is definitely a, a major backdrop into everything that Captain America does because he feels like he doesn't have a choice. It's either he stays out of it and his best best friend dies because they, they don't care. They don't care about justice. They care about what they think they know. And it, I, people are going to die either way. Either Bucky is going to kill all of them. And Captain America is really the only person who can probably bring him in unscathed. Or the, or Bucky's going to die. And Captain America has to deal with the fact that he didn't do anything about it. Yeah, maybe maybe on a second viewing, uh, you know, my, my outlook on the storyline changes. I, I, and again... The first time I see something, I just want to be – I want to dive into it emotionally and yeah. let it take me where it's going to take me. But if if I'm trying to pick apart the story and, and get more context, maybe my viewpoint will change. I, I just think that at this point, like when I watched the movie originally, the way I felt about it was that the Accords were, in even in Cab's mind, incredibly secondary to Bucky. Okay. I mean I can definitely agree with you on that. The the the, the main focal point is the Bucky storyline. Um which makes this very much a Captain America movie and not just Avengers 3, which is what I liked about the story. Yep, it's still too. it's still yes. at at its essence, it's still a Captain America movie. It's about his struggle not just with how he's going to help his friend, support the accords, you know, th- this kind of journey that he's taken from being a patriot down to a third movie now being an outlaw. But it, it, it's at the end, it's about, you know, what did, what do you think is right? What does Captain America think is right? And and that's a, entirely a Captain America story. Um, and it is Bucky's storyline is what divides the team and most notably divides. So let's talk, let's talk about Man. that. Is I know. Tiptoeing around I'm getting into it. it. <laughs> I'm getting into it, CJ. So the, the idea that, Bucky is, is quote unquote behind this bombing at the UN um, is very much just, Hey, here, here are the facts. And, and Iron Man being in the place that he is 
it's not that he doesn't want to research it. He's just taking the facts at face value. You're looking at a guy who, over the course of five movies now, has had this complete turnaround where he was a warmonger. He tried to disavow all of that. He tried to put his life back together. Him and Pepper are on the rocks. He gets this confrontation with this woman about somebody who died in Sokovia. And he's very much about the fact that I'm not, I haven't changed anything for the better. I've just caused just as much death as when I was selling weapons. The opening scene, the opening scene where he's showing you this science where you can relive those moments of your life, you know this movie is going to be about Tony Stark trying to right what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that he's so emotionally just up in the air right now with Pepper and the fact of, you know, what you see then he gets to relive because he's doing the presentation of his parents. You know, just like you said, Brian, he's taking things at face value and a little distracted uh, to not look past through some things. And again, even the Accords, would they even let him, uh, you know, if the resources were available? So I think that's, again, part of the spark is even Tony's at an emotional state, too. Right. And but again, that's part of what's so great about this movie is that you understand everybody's motivation. You understood exactly why everybody's choosing sides. I mean, because they've had 13 movies to build to this point and, and to build each character to that point where you understood what what their motivations behind doing what they were doing was. Um, and Iron Man and Cap being the most prevalent, obviously. Iron Man being just at a stage in his life where he, he says it right to Cap in that room. He said, you know, Pepper and I are on the rocks and I... I destroyed all my armor, but I didn't stop. And she didn't like that. And I can't stop. I, I won't stop. I thought the Sokovia Accords could kind of split the difference. Could it could help us kind of mend our relationship if I had, if, if this was a, a job, if I had a piece of paper that said, this is, you know, one, what I have to do and when I have to do it. Writing the wrongs. Right. And again, Tony's in this constant state of trying to right wrongs that he feels responsible for, especially Sokovia, because Sokovia is all his fault. He created Ultron. I mean, right, exactly. That 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 lands squarely on his shoulders, and you have Captain America, who is at this point where he's again he he's the good Boy Scout. He wants to do what's right. He wants to believe in people, and especially he wants to believe in Bucky. And being as he is the person who defended him when he was nothing but a skinny, scrawny teenager in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, here's where here's where. You and I are going to disagree because I, I think that I think that divorcing personal feelings from what's right is what makes Captain America great. And in in this case, he made the selfish choice. He made the selfish choice. And mm-hmm. that's from the from the moment he did it through the end of the movie, that is all I could think about. That is what set me off, is that this whole time I'm watching this movie and all this shit's happening. All this bad stuff is happening because you made a selfish decision. Um, I don't think we're going to disagree on that because I actually, right. <laughs> I, I, actually say, I don't disagree. I, I agree I with exactly you. It. I, I, I think Captain America is, is being very self-centered at a, at a point and, and, and he, he knows it too. That's the other. He part. knows He's it. He knows one hundred percent acknowledging yeah, it. Bucky's his blind spot. He gets that, but that's not going to stop him from doing what he's what he's doing. Not going to make, but it's not going to make it right. Like it doesn't, how it doesn't. How does he? How does he get right with it? Is is I guess my problem. And and the fact that well, that's Cap's problem too. The fact that Bucky was exonerated of 
the Vienna issue doesn't make anything better. Not only does it not make it better, but the reveal in that base that Cap knew the whole time mm-hmm. makes it exponentially worse. Yes. I swear to you, I was I I I turn I turned to my eight year old and I said, Iron Man needs to kill both. They need to die for what they've done. Yeah, that's the one moment where you I, I turned a, a bit right because I'm watching this whole movie going. Cap has done everything for you guys at a moment's notice without hesitation. Give him this goddamn one. He wants to go after his best friend. Why are you guys giving us such a fucking hard time about this? And then it's like, oh, by the way, I knew the whole time. I didn't think it was that important. I should no, nope. Now you're on. Go, Tony. Fight. So, go, go beat his ass. So, um, I mean, we're we're tiptoeing around it, and this is a spoiler cast, so I don't understand why we're not just saying it. So this that's the third kind of story element, the third kind of layer in the story that was amazing not canon in the comic book at all but is fantastic for this movie universe and it just makes this entire rift between cap and iron man just even that much worse is the fact that in 1991 when he was still winter soldier he's still being brainwashed you we find out that winter soldier is is responsible for the death of the starks and to, to get whatever super soldier serum Howard Stark was transporting at the time, he causes their car to crash, and they survived. Here's, that's the worst part about it for me, yep. is that they, yes, they, they survived, and he, he had killed to them by he murdered them. Like, he, he beat the crap out of Howard Stark, still made it look like he bashed his face against the steering wheel, and then choked, choked. the life out of Tony's mother. <sighs> and Brutal. So, I'm sitting there with CJ... And I, I know it's coming because I've already seen it at this point. And I'm like kind of looking at my peripheral. Like, what's, what's he going to do? Because on second and third viewings, Josh, you'll see you, – you're going to see it and you're going to be like, how did I not see this coming? Yep. That's exactly but on that first have. viewing, I didn't even know it was coming. I got – Right. I got right. to that point and it's, I was you're like – blindsided. Completely blindsided. That's, what was that's, my reaction? What did I look like? Was it exactly CJ, what you thought you were, it was? You were you were like kind of on the edge of your seat because you knew it was happening. The moment they start rolling that video, everybody's like, "Oh, right, it, this is yep. this is happening." Like, right. it's like and, that moment and, and of disbelief. nobody like you could. There's nothing in the world that could have prepared me for that. And the thing was when the car crashed in the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, that, that, we're not going to identify who was in the car? Fine, yeah, whatever. Just, and then just totally random. wrote it off. Totally wrote it off. Yeah. Well, because there's so much other stuff going Russo on. Russo Brothers, like, yeah, great job on that. That great can, job. Right, the, that can get the generational gap, you don't connect. Right. You right. So, so that story, the way they told it was perfect. The way that they led, the way they opened the movie with – Robert Downey Jr. from the Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> the movie, Rodney back, Dangerfield back to school. Back to yes. school. <laughs> the way they led with back to school, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and and showed that basically that's one of those moments in his life that he regrets the most. Maybe maybe the moment other than what, what he's done as Iron Man, because he has a lot of regrets there, but maybe the moment in his in his young life, the one moment he regrets more than any other is that that moment where he could have said to his father what he felt and didn't and was this immature playboy uh, just, you know, sort of doing his thing, not caring about the world. And, and you know, and then you get to tie it into the Iron Man psyche where 
you know, when he has that realization that, that what he's created is hurting the world ties back into the guilt that he never expressed his feelings for his father ties into his mother dying. And then, and then he gets to relive it all in one moment on a VHS tape, for God's sake, (laughs) he gets to have this all flood back and, uh, you know, you guys both know how I roll. I, I dive into these emotionally with both feet. I'm sitting there on the edge of my seat, feeling it all mm-hmm. and saying to to my son saying he needs to kill these people. I would kill these people. Like, I, that's yeah. I wanted to murder Steve Rogers. So with my own hand, that yep. scene, that scene plays and you see the video and ag- it's the best scene in comic book movie history. It is Brian. absolutely the best scene in comic book movie history. I think I know CJ was on the edge of his seat. I know I was on the edge of my seat when it was first happening. But here's the here's the best part. The t- the, the the tape rolls. Tony looks at Cap and goes, "Did you know?" And you're like thinking, "Well, there's no of way." Of course Cap he knew. didn't. Of know. course, he of didn't course, know. Cap no didn't no know way. about no, this. He would never keep He's it. appalled. He wants right. to make this right. And then Cap tries to freaking he plays lie it to off. Him. He oh. tries to lie to him and goes, My "I didn't God. know who it was." And then Tony says, "Cut the bullshit." Did you know? And Cap just goes, yes. And I was that was the moment I was like, kill him. Oh, Cap. Yep. Cap needs to die. Kill him. And, and and that's followed by an amazing fight scene. But oh, there's another great fight scene. There's another I don't think it's a throwaway line, but something that like resonated during that fight scene is where Cap he's chasing after Bucky and Cap's got him by like the gauntlet. He he's kind of disabled his jet boosters and he's like Tony, he he was still brainwashed. He didn't know. And Tony turns to him. He goes, I don't care. He killed my mom, mom. and just oh. goes after him. God, and you're just my like, heart got ripped out. and just like everything. I was like, yeah, go kill him. Like, kill him. And, kill and him. it was it was in that moment in that exact same scene, too. The one line that we all liked during the trailer was the, uh, you know, he's my friend. You know, so was I. This, that movie, that line plays entirely different in that movie, and so I loved it. As a as a movie experience thing, and and here's the 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 one part, the, the thing that really I, kills me about going opening weekend is is what happened during that scene, the fight scene. Uh, there were people in my theater laughing about things that were happening, uh. and. It was. I'm sitting there. I am seething with anger about what's going on on screen, and what's happening around me in the theater in real life is making me more angry. And it's it what it. I've said a million times on this podcast, and I will always say that movies are made for the general public, not for the true believers, and and that is true in life, absolutely. But as that kind of nerd, as the guy that I am, I want to be surrounded by the true believers, not by these people who don't understand what the hell is happening in front of them and will laugh about it. Yep. I, yeah, it, it I killed me mm-hmm. in the theater. I killed didn't have me. that experience, thank God. No, no and, and, and the movie I went to, Ryan was even worried about a couple people around us. And I was like, don't worry. We're in good company. We'll be fine. And this was, was great. Boys, this was bad. I like – I felt like not only do they not understand what was happening there, there was no appreciation for how well this story was being told. And again, I know that's me being super fan, true believer boy, and not the normal Josh who goes, this is just this. It, movies are made for, for 
Joe Public, and they are. But man, this is a moment I really wish that I they weren't, and that I was surrounded by true believers because I was thoroughly let down by the lack of understanding of of human beings for really and no appreciation for what was actually happening. And I know that makes me sound completely pompous, and I don't give a shit because this movie was incredibly emotional. It was. Oh, there's there's never been a better superhero movie. There was like when when they were fighting um and and Jenny turns to me and she goes maybe if their moms had the same I'm like not now this is not the moment that we bring this up please let's move on it was it, so There good. was no connecting the two. There was no connecting the two and as at a, that point there, you you can't do anything and this is the the conversation that we've had watching out of the theaters how the fuck do you fix this? How do you how fix do you it? fix this? This mm-hmm. and and here's they they have to know already what they're doing, and this is why it's not only an amazing plot vehicle, but a true testament to what Marvel is doing in film. That they've already got the script written, how they're going to fix it, and when they do, we are all going to be happier for it. But right now, there, I don't understand. I don't understand people who are Team Cap right now. I don't understand them, and I want to fake. I want to punch aside their faces. I'm Team Cap on the register on the uh, on the nope. Segovia Accords, and no, then no, that's no. it. And then it's just the you Accords. Can't, you can't. No, you can't separate the two. You can't be Team Cap here and not there. You either are hey. Team Stark or you are Team Cap. Anthony Mackie was on the uh, the Nerdist podcast on Wednesday, and they kind of brought up Civil War a million times. And the one thing he said was this. He goes, um, Dr. Strange is going to make you shit your pants. And what's coming down for Infinity War is going to make Civil War look like a homemade film. I don't believe it. So well, I will, I will say this. I know the two writers who wrote the script to Civil War and the Russo brothers who directed Civil War are doing Infinity War. Right. And getting everyone together – there is going so, to be something, Josh, to rectify right. so this. Clearly, they're going to fix it. It's going to be amazing. I get it. I'm not nearly done with Civil War. So oh, let, yes. me, let me let me say this. Oh, no, me neither. There were two people, not named Captain America or Iron Man, who absolutely stole the show. Yes. yes. Let's talk about some of these people. The Black Panther and Spider-Man mm-hmm. stole the show and uh, not only not only made me positively giddy with excitement but completely legitimized black panther as a big screen mm-hmm. subject yes so i ca- i cannot wait black panther was he not Forgive me. Was he not the baddest motherfucker you've seen <laughs> on screen? <laughs> he really in a was. Long Shut time. your mouth. He really he was, was so unbelievable. And and what they did with Spider-Man was so good. So, How he, Brian, true to character, maintaining the quips, maintaining the smart assery mm-hmm. in at every turn, even when he was beaten, getting up and doing <laughs> showing his power, doing the things. This was the absolute best part of the movie. Brian, Brian, I could feel him look at me at one moment during the fight where he's on Falcon and he goes, you had the right to remain silent. It's one of and my I'm favorite lines. Losing my, and then Jenny turned over to me. She goes, he reminds me of the cartoon that you used to watch of yes. Spider-Man. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. And that's why I love him. So true to form. 
I was very glad to see the fact that we didn't have to do. We skipped the with Uncle great Ben power. story. We didn't have to do Uncle Ben, and we didn't have to do with great power comes great responsibility. We still got the the sentiment to come across, and I shouldn't have funny feelings for Aunt May, but I do, and I'm okay with that. And in skipping the Uncle Ben story, we also got Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, and let me tell you, <laughs> meow. Anyway. Um, oh, did you just go? One you just went Billy Madison. One to touch the I did. Oh, God, Billy Madison. My um, fa- my other little favorite bit, and then I'm sorry, Brian. I'll let you talk. Was the four seconds after Spider Man sticks Tony to the door, huh. and he goes, "Are you gonna? Are you gonna let me? In? Oh yeah, yeah. Let me yeah, get to Just the oh, fact yeah. that they just kept that in, just the extra eight seconds instead of just cutting right there. Oh man, I love them. I was literally about to explode. You know the, when Spider Man was on screen. I, you're not. You're not a. You're not a uh, a cartoon, a newer cartoon Marvel guy. But there's in the in the newer cartoons that's that mm. silliness and those those interactions in the apartment. That's that's what's made the the newer animated stuff so great. Is that the. The relationship, his induction, his introduction to the Avengers and Shield is that sort of funny, off the cuff, happens in your apartment. I'm doing this thing after school type of interaction. And or Brian, if I'm way off the mark, you got to correct me. But that's how watching it with Christian, that's how I feel about it. I was actually just about to reference that scene. Woo! <laughs> so, so it's actually one of my favorite. Do we need Brian right now? We got you, Josh. You're doing wonderful. It's actually one of my favorite scenes in, in the movie. I need Brian to make all my theories legitimate. Yes. Um, that scene in the in in the apartment, and, and Peter walks in, doesn't even realize that Tony's sitting there on his couch, mm-hmm. and just going out about his business. Takes his headphones out. I was like, "Oh, holy crap! Tony Stark is on my couch." <laughs> so um, it, it was a great introduction, and and, uh-huh. and just Tom Holland it, it, it does such a good job of this, like. This kid who feels that you can tell that he's playing this kid who who's kind of carefree but has the weight of the world on his shoulders type of thing. Yep. And the best line besides all the little quips that he has in the costume, they have this conversation in, in his apartment and Tony's like, hey, that's you. You you, you need an upgrade. Let's you know come <laughs> with me, kid. You're, I need your help. We're going to Germany. And he goes, I can't go to Germany. And he goes, why? And. Peter goes, I have homework. homework. Right. <laughs> and you're just like, yes, that's that's Peter Parker. That That's it. Because he's a normal kid with normal problems. If I go to Germany, how is my homework going to get done? Right. It's something that is a, a, a very major thought in his mind. It's just amazing. And and we, we talked about it initially months and months ago. And my – I think I think my whole point of view on the subject was we need to see Peter Parker the kid. Mm-hmm. We need we we don't need to see Tobey Maguire or the the tortured Andrew Garfield version. We need to see the kid who's just getting started. The 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 suit dropping from the ceiling and that <laughs> whole that whole interaction there uh, was a killer for me. And Tony saying, "Yeah, you need an upgrade." And then Brian, the final cut scene. <sighs> With him realizing that the 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 thing that the actuator is a dial where he can choose different upgrades and different, and I think we're gonna you know so I think it's a in a we're gonna see the 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 twenty ninety nine the 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 iron spider we're gonna see it all 
Scarlet Spider, maybe. Maybe we see it all. I Ooh. wanted to do one thing that Brian pointed out to me, and I'm surprised what? he didn't say. Go wait, ahead. wait, wait. But before, I'm probably before, about to get get to the one thing. But before that, the reason I love it that that switchable dial that choose your you know sort of pick your poison, choose your application sort of interaction is that we don't need to introduce different Spider-Man characters. We we can have this one guy in the cinematic universe that does it all, mm-hmm. and and it means. That after Tom Holland, we could have different people do the same thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Without any reason to retell the story, CJ, or any – there's right. – the continuity is provided by the suit, which is Stan Lee's vision, right? Brian, you said it. Mm-hmm. Stan Lee said Spider-Man can be anyone. So I love what they've done in the creation of this character. And back to you, CJ. The thing that Brian – because Brian even had a discussion about it after the movie. I broke my own embargo and we talked for a while about it. Um, The When Tony puts those goggles on his face, he goes, how do you even see in these things? And then he has to say, listen, when when it happened, everything got amped up and I just need help focusing. And I'm like, I've never thought of Spider-Man that way. But that's probably exactly what's going on. And that's got to be really fucking difficult. Um, like just showing just how much they can pour into this character in what a, a 15 20 minute scene uh before he puts on a suit and fights at, at an airport it wasn't even it, that it's long not even, yeah. it's like yeah. a seven minute scene and i mean it's wonderful here's the great thing about that seven minute scene being as cj stole my thunder about what i was going to say about Sorry. the eyes and the the overload of input here's what i love so much and it's hidden in a lot of jokes and a lot of theatricality between tom holland and robert Downey jr you, you get this sense, at least I did on my second and third viewing, that Tony is not just recruiting this kid because he needs some help. Tony not only has been watching this kid for, for a couple months now, he's impressed by him. And and Tony is the, the smartest guy in the Marvel Universe at this point. And he sits down and he says, this fluid, whatever this is, this is amazing. Who made this? And he goes, I did. And just Tony just being like, this kid is on a whole nother level. This this kid, he, he's got like kind of this kindred spirit thing going on with Peter, which Iron Man and Spider-Man have in the comic book as well, because nobody really references how smart Spider-Man is. Yeah. It gets lost in the jokes. It gets lost in the brutality of, you know, he's super strong and agile, but he's insanely smart on a level of Tony Stark. And just watching that exchange between the two of them was fantastic for me. Just knowing that, yeah, it's, he is this smart. He is the kind of kid who can create this well, stuff from scratch. Well, Brian, I, I think I think two things are at play there, and I think they both they both go into sort of Stan Lee's brilliance and and Marvel lore. And the first thing is that Spider Man first appearance was one like one year before Iron Man, sixty two and sixty three. That's number one. Number two is that. I, I believe that the Iron Man story and the way that they shaped the Iron Man story was really in a lot of ways based on Spider-Man, you know, child prodigy things. And they have a lot of things in common that way. And even the, the previous Spider-Man movies that already in just, I don't know, it, may, what do we have in combined like total screen time? Maybe like 30, 40 minutes of this Spider-Man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. – you know, in just that short amount of time, he's managed to capture all of the great parts of what we've seen so far with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and also sort of reset that story where he is 
the one thing that the previous movies did really well was show you how smart Peter Parker was. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they did amazingly well. He, we know he's incredibly smart. This, this, this character, this iteration, though, takes those smarts and applies them to you know science and shows you how also innovative he is. And in that way, you get a link between, uh, again, emotionally for a Tony Stark, the Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark, who's trying to right all the wrongs. He sees. He sees a character who is as smart and as innovative as his father and wants to take him under his wing. Mm. And I think that's yeah. the I like I th- that. I think that is a very compelling story. And that we're gonna see Iron Man involved in Spider-Man's development in the movie universe in a way that he never was in the books or animated series because because of this universe and the wonderful story they've told, now we get to say Tony Stark sees Peter Parker as a young Howard Stark and is now going to encourage and foster that growth. And maybe we see a Spider-Man who's greater than he's ever – who has risen higher than he ever could rise in the comic book. Oh, have we got some big-time Spider-Man in this shit? Oh. I'm saying this This is a – this when I started thinking about the relationship, I, I immediately thought – Tony sees him as a young Howard Stark because Tony doesn't see himself. He's still a shadow in his father's shadow. He still sees himself that way because Howard Stark was incredibly innovative in a time where it was, it was hard to be innovative. Peter Parker is that way. And that scene that you just described about the, the webbing and the, the, the conversation about who made this, he sees him as a young Howard Stark and he gets to – Right the wrong. See how yeah. I tied the theme together? I, I do see that. And I absolutely agree with you. Um, that's why I love that scene so much. Uh, and it, again, it, it has nothing, no costumes are on there. It's just a conversation between two really good actors. Um, and it, all of these things are picked up in kind of the subtleties. And that's part of what I love of, about this movie is just the subtleties of the performances. CJ is putting up his finger like he wants to say something. I, I Something – I'm going to lose it if I don't say it soon. Something else that really liked me too was something you just said. There's not a lot of costumes in some of the really good scenes, some of the fighting scenes too. We're seeing people without super abilities or without like wearing a whole bunch of you know head-to-toe spandex. Uh, using their God-given talents and also using some of their super talents to fight too. So I really like the fact that we get to see these people as humans before they're put on with you know with all the all the getup. Uh, so it really kind of helps you connecting with them. Can we take another couple minutes and talk about Ant Man? Because if you guys have any orange slices, I could really use them right now. Did you just <laughs> grow to be like a, a two-story? I was building? Giant Man for for just <laughs> for for just <laughs> he- a moment. Paul Rudd injected some much much needed comic relief yes. into the story uh, because it was incredibly heavy. I'm, I'm shaking your hand for both, too long. Both him My- and Spider-Man <laughs> came at, at the perfect time where mm-hmm. things were very serious, very dark, and they just injected that comedy that you kind of need in a Marvel movie. I'm, I'm feeling very emotionally heavy and my – you know, you all know that my my iMac – wallpaper changes every five minutes and it just changed to link grabbing the sword in the room and it says it's dangerous to go alone take this <sighs> so it, it it lightened my spirits a bit because i always get happy when i see that but <laughs> in in much the same way 
the introduction of of Scott Lang to Captain America, that scene was fantastic. We saw most of it in a teaser, but it was still just as good seeing it real time. Um, thanks, thanks for thanking of me. And the, <laughs> so the, just the, just the so nerdy, good. like the nerdy nervousness, right? It was he was very starstruck. It was very cool, but. Ant-Man played a significant role. I was very happy with the way they used him in this. And and again, not thrilled with the Ant-Man movie. I'll never back off that. But this is how I envisioned Ant-Man being used. Because in the animated series, this is how Ant-Man is used. Mm -hmm. He's not one of those main guys. But he can can fuck some shit up. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love what he's he's fighting with... um, I'm sorry. It's funny with Black Widow, and you see him go ah, just run in, and just like all you see is her hand just move a little bit as he's trying to like get her to restrain. Yeah, uh, just losing much shit with Iron Man. I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah, and, and I mean, just even throughout that entire airport battle, him him throwing in a little bit of comedy here. He has Cap throw the truck, and it explodes. And he's like, I thought it was a water <laughs> yeah, truck. It was a water truck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, th- I thought it was a water truck. Just like it gets me every time. Just some great, just great moments with him in it. Um. That, yeah, he, he was absolutely – and he was used perfectly. The big reveal of Giant Man, him being able to just grow awesome. to the, the size of a skyscraper, it was amazing. And you knew what was happening. What did, what did, what did Spider-Man say? <laughs> holy, holy shit. shit. That, it was a holy shit. But that so guy's huge. Something, he, like, like something like that. I think he just said holy shit. Here's the but best he made part. A few, he made a few comments that I – I mean He's, I le- – Here's the I best laughed part audibly about about just that moment in general. Again, because Spider-Man is kind of the everyman, he's the person you can identify with the most. He <laughs> says what everybody in that audience is thinking. The right. moment that scene happens, he just goes, yeah. holy shit. And everybody, <laughs> That's exactly everybody is thinking that. <laughs> like, yeah. if you didn't say it audibly before Spider-Man said it, you were thinking it, and that's what's so great about that, just having Spider-Man in general say that scene. Listen, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before, but there's not this much talking. Yeah, you, <laughs> yes! You're, you're right, oh, my bad. All right, all right, my bad. So, wait, you couldn't have done that the whole time? Uh, I hate everything, you. Everything about Spider-Man uh, was the best parts of this movie. That mm. I mean, he stole the show. Now, we've talked a lot about Peter Parker about Spider-Man. Can we talk more. I love him. No, so wait, we we need to spend a little bit I more time on Black, Black Panther. Panther. My God, we need to spend yeah. more time on Black Panther. So here's the, what's so cool uh, about what they did with Black Panther. You don't need to do an origin story in the right, movie. It's done. It's done. <laughs> That's his origin. His, I mean, and, and they might go into a little bit more of well, the mythology. I think, I can, I ask, he, can I ask a question real quick? He had already he had already taken up the mantle as the Panther before that, right? But, but now he's the king of Wakanda, right? He so I I think and I think the origin story that we're going to see in the movie is him on those first couple missions. They'll flash quick to the explosion of Vienna and then bring him back to Wakanda because I think originally. He was the Black Panther, took up the mantle, you know, great warrior, defense of the people, so on and so forth. But he, I, I think he was conflicted about it and not, not hadn't made the decision to do it full bore and lead. He always knew he was going to have to lead. Mm-hmm. But his father dying, and, and man, that Ch- 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 Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman, yeah, Chadwick Boseman. God, Benedict Cumberbatch has again run for his money there. What? Yes, and actually, we we're gonna figure that out too. Chadwick Boseman. I'm gonna <laughs> figure out a few names, but 
I think that uh, acting wise, he was the best in this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Easily yep. the yep. best. Mm-hmm. And man, was that a phenomenal story. It was emotional. It was, I mean, <sighs> So I have questions, if I may. Yes, so um, his incredible power, his ability to, without any costume or any apparatus, jump off of a small uh, building a couple it's feet. It's just parkour, dude. And, yeah, par- and par- all the parkour. parkour. Does he have any mystical – does the ring give him anything? I'm just no. a little perplexed as to is this just an no. ordinary guy who happens to know how to fight or no, does he have something he actually, else? Actually, the, the necklace that's on his costume does kind of give him some enhanced abilities but not like superpowers. Uh, that's That's about it. And Brian, when you made me watch, when I watched the movie a second time, Brian made me pay attention to every Black Panther scene. Okay, in so this I'm going to say this: you're not going to steal my thunder. Please take okay. it. I was giving it to you. So here, here's one of the the coolest things that I loved about Black Panther. After you get over his costume is badass. He's jumping off of buildings. He's you know just kicking ass everywhere. Just the subtleties of the way, and this is purely a director thing. That they they present him in some of those action scenes when he's chasing Bucky, and you on the bike uh, in on foot on the bike like Anywhere. that entire foot chase scene, you hear everything. You hear every footstep that Bucky takes when he jumps off a building. He has to do that little roll that humans have to do so that they don't break their legs. Black Panther doesn't need to do that. He's absolutely in his approach like a cat. He always lands on his feet anytime he jumps off a building. He just lands and he doesn't make any freaking noise at all you don't hear him running you don't hear him jumping from car to car you might hear like a little crinkle of the car itself but that's it and that's what i thought was so cool is that just the attention to detail that's true believer shit right that's true believer shit and that made my brain just melt i was like that is because that's that's how I've always envisioned Black Panther. That's how now he I'll is. be now I'll be looking yeah, it's, it's, because it's all I know you can look for. I when know you see that's how he time. is. But Brian, honestly, even with the exposure to Black Panther I have and in the animated series, I know that's how he is. But I I know he never makes a noise. But I didn't notice it in the movie. Yeah. I wasn't looking for it. I was so like every time he was on screen, I was just so wrapped up in that he was on screen. Yeah. So. The, those little things, that's um, like I didn't even think of that. That's fantastic. It's amazing. It's and so good. Just made me and and again, that's just the level that Marvel is on when when it comes to just the dedication to their characters and their storytelling. Just little nuances like that that people who are crazy like me will notice and be like, "That's amazing." Permission to squee. Permission <laughs> to squee. Yes, and and I did indeed. I I did squee. Um. And, and another great Black Panther scene that I loved is at the airport fight where he's fighting Clint and Clint goes, we haven't met yet. I'm Clint. And Black Panther goes, I don't care. And just right. starts, oh starts wrecking so shop good. with him. It's amazing. Well, no, I think on another – like so another layer of that message is we haven't met yet. I'm um, Clint is Hawkeye knowing this, this guy's is- going to be an Avenger. We're going to be friends eventually. I should probably introduce myself. And it <laughs> it not only speaks to his confidence in battle, but really the person that he is. And he Clint Barton is he's a good dude. Just right? like when we he's fighting that. when he's fighting uh Yeah, this, uh, this goes, are we still going to be friends afterwards? Right. Depends We're how still hard good. you hit me. We're still good, right? Yeah. yeah. So and again, basically ensures Jeremy Renner's place. No one's going to kill Jeremy Renner because you can't you kill, can't kill Jeremy Renner. You can't kill, as we right. discovered in our Facebook Live, absolutely. <laughs> can't kill Jeremy Renner. 
And he's going to be, I believe, this relationship in the future is going to be critical in this universe. And I think that Hawkeye and Black Panther will will team up in a few different ways. I think there'll be a level of trust there. And I think it's because, again, Hawkeye, he plays chess, not checkers. He knows Black Panther's going to be important because he's Jeremy Renner and they can't kill him and they tell him what's going to happen in the, in, the, in the future of the story. <laughs> um, if we can, I, I just, and I don't want to take away from Black Panther because he was amazing. And by the way, his gadgets and gizmos, holy shit. What gadgets? Oh, yeah. The the planes. I mean, I'm so, so, yeah, I'm so excited to see his arsenal. That's something. Wakanda, Wakanda was this super high-tech forward it, it always country. has been. In the middle of, you know, third world Africa, right? So you have he, all of the tech. He's not impressed by any of it because he's been exposed <laughs> he's to it his it. whole life. He's yep. had, he's it, had for it for a while. It's, yeah. it's and, so nice. And he uh, – well, and they – again, something that I noticed on the second and third viewing. They, they make a very big point before even you see T'Chaka or T'Challa talking about how Wakanda was extremely reclusive – didn't have anything to do with things that were going on in the world. And now, like, this event happens, Sokovia happens, and now all of a sudden they're like, we need to do something. We're, like, we're partially at fault because we haven't shared our technology. We haven't shared Vibranium with anybody. Um, and that ultimately is what gets T'Chaka killed. But so, but, but another, CJ, another origin story that doesn't that we don't need to be, need to be telling. I hear right. you. I, I would like to transition in, if I can, to a couple final thoughts. But the one thing final that I have. Final thoughts? Why the hell are we at final thoughts already? Yeah, we're good. Let's just let's just rip it, dude. Let's, let's just, rip it. just go. There's one um, other thing I need. I need one other character I need to talk about. I, well, probably the one I'm going to talk about, too. So Ooh. in the very beginning of this movie, I, I'm watching Black Widow fight. And no. I'm like, are we not going to get. When does this Black Widow movie come out? Because she is so good. Fuck you, Jason Bourne. Sorry, Papa Thornton. I want to see a Black Widow movie because ScarJo in this was on point. It was amazing. Go ahead. Yes. You discuss amongst yourself. I wasn't. No, I, I wasn't. Uh, you were not in, in the press? You didn't think I, she enjoys two hours by herself? I, no, I do. I do. I do. We need that movie. Absolutely. My, my big problem is the flip-flopping. And I know she's always been torn and that's her character anyway. Um, I, I think that if I have one complaint about the movie and the story they're setting up, I understand it'll be nice to have a natural distrust between Black Widow and, and Black Panther, but I could have done without her repeatedly attacking Black Panther. And I think that that scene just could have been, she could have, you know, blown something up and stopped people from getting there before attacking someone who trusted her really. And that's one of the things that was set up early in the movie is that trust. So the fact that she broke it so easily, I just it's mm, going to be no. because I think I, that, but I, I think that's something that you can f no, fix no, without having to do well, a lot of stuff. I, I don't know how quick I think there's a natural dichotomy between Hawkeye and Black uh, Black Widow in in this universe and Black Panther I believe is going to grow to trust very much Clint Barton and never Black Widow. So right. I I think we have a, a weird dynamic i think it could be good for the movies and again overall storytelling good but i could have done without the repeated attack on black panther ryan okay. go ahead i cut you so, off and you wanted to talk about so another character point of order and now i have to say something about black widow before i go into my other character okay um so yes she was awesome just at a pure action standpoint i i think she was fantastic some of the crazy stuff she did was amazing yeah to josh's point i 
was not surprised or upset by the flip-flopping because here's the thing her her and this is another thing they've had four movies with black widow to build this up is not just the fact that she's at her core a spy she's at her core going to usually betray somebody somewhere but she also has this special relationship with captain america i always knew she was going to eventually help cap somehow whether it was outright she goes to you know Antarctica or, or Serbia. Serbia is where they go mm-hmm. with him. Or if she just ends up having to betray Iron Man for some point at some point and be on the run. Because she has this like fatherly love for Cap that's been built throughout two Avengers movies and Captain America Winter Soldier. And even for the first half of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very much played out um that she she doesn't care how they stay together as long as they stay together. That's her main motivation. Right. And she goes to that funeral not to say to Cap, you really need to sign the accords, but to support him in the fact that he just lost a loved one. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to try and try and convince you one more time, but I know you're not going to do it. It's just like when I, you know, try to convince my dad that Batman v Superman was not as good as he thinks it was. I know it's a futile effort. I know it's just not going to happen. But, you know, I love to take a dig at DC, but I'm not. I'm not digging at DC. I'm just saying that I liked I liked that movie just not as much as my dad. And it's the point of the matter is that, like, I can get into a discussion with my father and still knowing the outcome, but still wanted him to be brought to my side. Because the most important fact, 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 the matter is that we are united in one thing. And that's Black Widow's motivation throughout the entire movie. I think I think there's a couple things. First, uh, Siberia, not Serbia. I, 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 did I say Serbia? My bad. Yeah. But uh, thank it's you more for saving than, us an angry tweet. It's more than four movies um, because you're you're discounting Iron Man two and three. She wasn't in three, but so, she did. But she didn't interact. With uh, but two. But she was still a character, right? So she started in two, and I think where where I where I start to. Uh, read into like the backstory and the flip flopping, and she's always a double agent. And I think that, I think that the character that we'd like to see is this this person who is loyal and, and and part of a team, but that's not who she is. She she is a spy, and just we assign this persona to Nick Fury that you you can't trust him, but he's going to lead the team. He's always a double agent, and so is she. And I guess to some degree, you know, I should have expected the attack on on Black Panther, but I cannot get past it based on the story they've told and the character they're building her up to be. Now, does that – for you and, – and I'm sorry if I'm just missing it and it's just going over my head. Are you – does that show that they told a really great story with Black Panther that you feel bad for him being betrayed or do you just feel that it's wishy-washy on – and on no, her part. I, I think that it it betrays her character, the way they've okay. told the way they've built her character up. Everything says that she's trying to abandon that spy that was trained in the red room. Yes. Everything okay. everything they've said is that she's trying to get away from the, the she's trying to get the red out of her ledger, as she said in the first, you know, really her first big appearance. Right. So the, this attack on Black Panther, the physical attack betrays that character build and I have a problem with that because I don't I don't think they needed to do it. We know she's a double agent. 
We know she's, you know, you can't trust her, but everything for the past few movies is about her trying to right the wrongs. And this is in direct contradiction to that. I'm not so sure I can agree with that. No, I, I figured as much. I, I just, I, I just don't, I, I mean, I, I think, I think her as a character, like, again, it's so tough because it's, it's terrible. Some of the situations these characters are put in because she's choosing between a father figure and a friend. I mean, she doesn't have as much screen time with Iron Man as um, really anybody else. I mean, she, she doesn't have that relationship with Iron Man. I mean, her, her whole reason for backing Iron Man is just, she wants to be a team and she says it. However, whatever we need to do, whatever compromises we need to make, as long as we're together. Right. And she does. She, she did. She connected with him in Iron Man two. And there was a relationship built there. The, she only has really three relationships, Hawkeye, Cap, and in the movie universe, very much Iron Man. And you can see that, that she's always giving him the benefit of the doubt, even though it's not in her character to do so. She's always giving him more chances and, and believing that he's doing the right thing. And they, they, they betrayed that a bit when she attacked the Black Panther. I mean, I, I see your point. I just don't agree with it. No, I, I'm not saying you should. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, and I'm not trying to convince you. I, I constantly feel like I can't articulate fully. The, there's a lot of depth to these characters. And again, another thing I've said it, you know, a million times that Marvel has done incredibly well because you don't expect this in, you know, in the, in the comic books, man. And even in the animated stuff, she's very two dimensional, black or white, uh, you know, this way or that way. And, and she's not at all. There's this very deep conflicted, you know, she could go anyway. There's not one or one or the other. There's, there's all kinds of things pulling at her. And again, uh, something I, a reason I think that she's a great character to have her own movie. But I was disappointed in the direction they took it. Really, that's well, that's all there is to but it. But I think that's that's something again, like you're at the end of this movie and all of these characters are in this position. I think they're going to address that. Like she wasn't happy about having to betray Black Panther. It wasn't like malicious. It was just she was choosing she she made a choice and and I think she's going to ha- she a has to live with that. She's on the run from the government. She's the only one of them who is not locked up in a cell by the end of the movie. We don't know where she is. She's underground and she's they're definitely going to have to address what she did to get to that point. So whether that happens in the next Avengers movie or if we ever see a Black Widow movie, I don't know. But I mean, I, I think that's something that they'll absolutely address moving forward. That's I look sol- and, and solid, solid debate. I think that. There's there's a lot more to be discovered about the character. There was um one one point in the movie and you know final thoughts. It was amazing. I don't really need to say much more. There was one point in this movie where I was super proud of well myself as a nerd father. <laughs> um Tony goes to the prison and Christian like he's like tapping on my arm he's poking at me now what's up buddy he goes 
that's the raft. Yeah. They're on the raft. <laughs> and I went, I, I never talked to him about the raft. I never, I, I never, you know what I mean? We never, he didn't listen to that podcast. We talked about the raft. He, he knew what the raft was. He knew what it was about and he knew why it was there without me telling him. And I was so proud because behind us in, in just the seats right behind us, when, when, uh, Rumlow crossbones in the beginning of the movie, he shows up on screen. This dude behind me, not a kid, not a child, like a grown man. Right. Out loud says, look, it's Bane. Oh God. And Christian turned to me and goes, Bane, seriously, daddy. And I'm like, all right, dude, let's not, you know, this guy's an idiot. Let's Let's not poke the bear today. Let's not poke the bear today. Right. (laughs) But like, so, you know, this guy behind me, grown man goes, is that Bane? Not understanding the difference between the the stories. And my son, who's eight, knows the raft. I (laughs) am doing parenting right. I'm winning at parenting. (laughs) Um, one, okay. Since we're getting into final thoughts and everything, there's one, one other major thing that I want to talk about. And that's really the villain of this movie who was Zemo. Yep. And Christian noticed it right away also. And it was, I I, I gotta say, it's probably the most solid Marvel cinematic villain in all of the movies besides maybe Loki. You're talking about a, a guy who has virtually like no powers he just has information and he had and he's just smart you want to talk about playing chess this guy knew exactly what he was doing yep to get everybody he plays to chess that all point. the time he, he manipulates everybody to get to that point where he can show tony that video and tear the avengers apart from the inside he does what no movie villain has done in 13 movies he tears apart the avengers without breaking a sweat i so thought he was do amazing we see do we see Baron Zemo? We don't see Baron Zemo. He doesn't wear the mask, the, the purple mask, pink mask. Well, I'm saying in the future, do we see it? I would hope so. He's still alive. That's the. That's what I'm saying. I'm asking you, does he become Baron Zemo? I I I, I think I think so. I think and? I think they might need to have some future plans for him. Be- because here's what here's what the other the X Men stuff has done that that the Marvel universe still hasn't. They really haven't stuck to a solid group of villains mm-hmm. like we've seen in the X-Men movies. Right. Ones that can recur. That in every in every Marvel movie really thus far, it's it's almost once and done. With the exception of Loki. What well, right, but Loki Yeah, but Loki's more than a villain, right? Because he was part of the team later. Yeah, I mean, in Thor 2, he helps Thor, but at the exactly end of the right. day, he helps Thor so that he can get on Asgard's No, I know, and so. we, know that about Lo- we know that about Loki in the books, but we haven't seen that again. So I'm, I'm saying, do we think that they can do more than Loki? Because really, other than Loki, they haven't. I, I think they can. Listen, as far as if we're going to go into a, a villain's debate, I think there's plenty of room and opportunity to bring back the Red Skull because he never truly dies. He just disappears in the Cosmic Cube. Obviously, Loki is still there, and obviously we have Thanos, Thanos um, and now Zemo, who you can definitely bring back in some sort of way. Um, I think you know he was done extremely well and extremely um, just maniacal in his plan, and and he you knew his motivation, you knew exactly why he was doing what he was doing, and it was I just thought he was done 
amazing. I, I wanted to get amazing, your an amazing tactician and a strategist. Well, listen, I mean, the I, and and I know the major like a major complaint from quote unquote the true believers is where was his mask? Where was his purple ski mask type of thing? And honestly. I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I got by the end of that movie, I didn't care. I didn't care that he never put on the mask. I didn't need him to ever put on the mask. I didn't even need them to show him holding a purple ski mask or, or whatever. In the comic book, that's, that stuff is, is adhered to his face permanently. And I, I think that was just, well, it would take away I, from what you were already doing. I, no, and I, I'm not saying I, I don't disagree with you. There was an interesting, uh, one of our, our regular listeners on Facebook made a comment that that actually it was a, it was a, it was a long message he sent to us that had a few of the things we've already talked about um specifically like you know Zemo not being purple enough that was you know the mask and everything else why isn't he but wearing then, fabulous purple well, I don't but, know but but also you know killing the villains and we've that was one of his main grievances and he brought up crossbones why kill him so early and I actually just touched on that like there's this Marvel universe has ha, doesn't have anybody recurring. They kill it's once and done. They kill him off. And Crossbones was one of those characters that I I thought you know that could be an easy way you know an actor that that could easily recur. Um, the Thanos hasn't even been introduced yet, really, and the only one they have at this point is Zemo. So maybe he becomes Baron Zemo, and maybe he becomes more purple, and maybe that all happens. Um, but I, I agree with his, you know, his issue about killing villains because you, this is a story that can be told for decades and it, with different actors and we get that, it, but they're not doing it in a way that puts it past the next few years. And I, well, I have a problem with that. Let, I, I would, the only thing I would speculate and say to that is, and I don't know what Marvel's plan is. They obviously know what they're doing, but I think we're all forgetting that the reality gem in the comic book has the ability to bring people back to life. And if Thanos needed an army of random villains, he could just snap his fingers and lo and behold, Crossbones is back. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I think there's, cause you're in this ex extremely expansive universe with all sorts of different things at their disposal. There's easy way to bring them back. And the first thing that my mind jumps to is, the reality gem, which we will see in the next two movies. It's the only thing I have to say about that. So, Brian, I'm sorry we didn't get a Brian Roman, not you, Brian. The other Brian. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get to, to all your comments. We have just been obviously so Listen, you should apologize to me, too, because we didn't get to all my comments either. Uh, not, but, not, not the other Brian. It's Brian with a Y. That's Brian with a That's right, because there's the other Brian, Brian with a Y. There's so many Brians that listen to this. Uh, we we just want to make sure that we're addressing the correct Brian. Brian Roman, I look, I truly appreciate the the comments on Facebook. That's exactly the kind of stuff we want to talk about, and I, I hope we addressed your main grievances mm -hmm. uh the I, I know that we talked about the flip-flopping we didn't address iron man flip-flopping because I, I didn't think it was that big a deal yeah, i thought point. once you learned that your mom and dad were killed by a guy all bets are off yeah so yeah. there's and not not just that but then helping cap and all that stuff so yeah. I, I just the back and forth i didn't mind so much because it was a, a good piece of the story but i hope we addressed all the other things that you brought up it was a really well thought out and and well plotted uh, message to us and also uh, 
you know, if you want fantasy football content, I'll give you that. You just need to ask me questions. Hit me <laughs> up on Twitter. Thank you for the comments. And again, final thoughts. I couldn't have been any in any way happier with the way this turned out. Mm-hmm. It's everything I wanted in a movie and a lot of things I didn't know I wanted in a movie. Uh, and I don't think there's a dispute amongst us. It was it was phenomenal. And I'm so excited for Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm excited for everything. <laughs> everything they do. I just want Spider-Man right now. I just, Marvel, that's all I, I'm excited for. So, guys, as Josh already mentioned, there's a couple of great ways that you can go ahead and, and share your thoughts and, and give us some feedback, too, on the show. We always appreciate feedback. You can go to iTunes, give us a review there as well. Hey, Android people, we're now on Google Play Music. You heard? Just uh, go ahead and search that kind you of on Google Play Music. You can go ahead and find us. We're on Stitchers. But listen, if you can find an on-demand radio pl- platform, we're there. You can also get us at Twitter, at that kind of nerd. Facebook, just like Brian Roman did, Brian with a Y. Uh, at facebook.com slash that kind of nerd. But guys, the other thing you can do, you can go in and call Papa Thornton. I'm looking at you. 484-373-4119. I really want to thank Brian and Josh for being so awesome to talk about this movie for this long. I want to thank you, the fans, for listening to this. Please go tell us what you think about this movie. We are not done discussing it. You know it's something that's going to keep coming up. And Uh, to anybody, honestly, because I have so much other stuff to say about this movie that we didn't get to, if you guys have any questions or, or want my opinions... I would just say hit us up on Facebook. I'll be more than happy to answer those. He'll actually answer Facebook. I do. Honestly, you can hit me up on Twitter. I just don't know. I can't guarantee I, I can I keep to it to 140 him. characters. <laughs> I can't. I can't keep it to 140 I have characters. To teach him how to use the Twitter app. Please don't. Just get him or email Brian at thatkindofnerd.com. Brian at thatkindofnerd.com. I am more than happy to respond to any Civil War emails that uh, may come into the inbox. Help support the show, guys. We really uh, want to make sure that we can continue to bring amazing content. Go to thatkindofnerd.com slash loot, L-O-O-T. Go get yourself a loot crate and get some money off of it thank you so much for making us your walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work burns you want to say something i've already said it so go ahead i just don't want uh i don't want to forget to give us a rate and a recommend on itunes because that's another way you can support the show you're listening to it on your iphone you do the same thing in google play rate and review us we want your feedback so again, thank you so much for joining us for the spoiler cast of Captain America Civil War. Stay tuned. We have got some episodes coming down the pipe for you guys so that we can go ahead and uh, give us a great listen to. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. All right. So let's, let's are you trying to distract me with theatricality <laughs> and deception? <laughs> <laughs> They're very fine tools for those who are not initiated. No, I am the real babe. You, who is you this imposter? Uh, you are just terrible at all this of this, is, CJ. This is what you CJ, do. CJ, stick to your English and Russian accents. <laughs> Leave the banes to the professionals. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is fantastic. We can we we have to actually switch to the Marvel universe if that's all right for a moment. Captain America didn't break any bats in this movie. Why was there no bat breaking? He said he could do this all day. I assumed he meant breaking bats. <laughs> so sorry. I asked for this at the top of the show. Oh, it's good.